This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to the Insomnia Project, our podcast that's meant to help you listen and sleep and drift off. So just sit back, relax, listen as we have a conversation about the mundane. You know, I had someone tell me that they like to listen to our podcast when they travel on planes. It relaxes them and allows them to get through any sort of anxious period. So they they told me that they would listen to about seven episodes on their plane, on their trip. And they, they felt very informed. And I said, did you did you actually have a chance to sleep and they said I drifted in and out which I don't do on planes because they don't they said they don't fall asleep upright but I should mention that I'm your host Marco Timpano and I'm your co-host Nidhi Khanna I went on a tangent before I got you through, did, Marco, through the intro I didn't even say our, our uh, where to tweet us no well I think I think our longtime listeners know to tweet us at listen and sleep but uh, thank you for that impromptu tangent it's because i was talking to someone uh just recently and they said we li- i listen to it when i travel and they travel quite a bit and i was like that's so great it's great it we is great love it we love that marco i see that you have a um well you said glass of you're milk. gonna have this with me right yes and, yeah. and nitty so has this explain yeah. what it is it is uh we're currently eating a double chocolate chili pepper cookie Yum. And Marco said, well, do you have a glass of milk? I love cookies and milk. So um, that is what we're doing right now as we embark on this podcast. Do you like milk? I love milk. Oh, I didn't. I wasn't sure. Like, I Because you said, you said, I'm saving some milk for my coffee. So I thought, oh, maybe you only have milk with your coffee. You don't have... Do you, you have milk on its own? Oh, yeah. Like, if I'm stressed at night... I will make myself a glass of a warm glass of milk with honey. Classic. And cardamom. Oh, well, I mean that's that's sort of the base of chai tea, right? Exactly, and it's and just, you know how much I love that. So uh, yes, and so it always makes me feel um, kind of relaxed and helps me get to sleep. I think they say that milk has like some sort of chemical in it that kind of 
induces a bit of sleep in you. I think so. It, it must be because... Because you give it to kids to help them well, fall asleep. Well, because my mom would do the same thing. Milk and uh, honey and brandy mm-hmm. to help you relax mm-hmm. and fall asleep. And is this something your mom would do or just something you've done recently with the milk? No, my mom, my mom would give me that all the time. And, and so, like, it's cross-cultural... And you know, my mom's been doing it for years with and regards to the brandy to- thing. Like you would, you would put it in inf- like infants who are teething. If you put like a little bit of milk and brandy, no, but that's wrong. I think that's absolutely wrong. No, they I used to do that, put, like, but like yeah, if you have a if you have like a toothache or a what is it, canker sore, mm-hmm. a little bit of brandy. But let me ask you this: Have you ever had buffalo milk? So Marco, I have had buffalo milk. Like just recently, because it's cool and it's the in in no. Yeah. I have uh, buffalo milk when I used to go as a kid to India. Oh. Mm-hmm. There, there's not really, like, um, I mean, I think there's cow's milk, but we would usually, like, have buffalo milk. It was creamier in the texture. It is creamier, and you know what? It's not as heavy as cow's milk. Mm-hmm. So some people who are um, lactose intolerant can have, like, goat milk. Mm-hmm. They can have buffalo milk. Um, but the beautiful thing about milk today is you can get lactose-free milk, mm-hmm. 1%, 2%, what we call homogenized milk in, in Canada. I don't, I don't like the homogenized slash full-fat milk. Yes, fantastic. Really? Best, your, your best coffees are made with that, cappuccinos, and I, I just love it. I find it too heavy. I don't drink it as much anymore. Now we drink 2%, mm-hmm. but um, I prefer 2% over skim. Right, same here. But you know, I used to love skim though. It all it all depends on what you're used to drinking because we drank skim for quite some time, and I was like, I love skim. You know mm-hmm. I, mean? I love milk. I, I it's been like I love cheeses. I love yogurt. Of course, you don't even have to ma- mention ice cream. What else is made with milk? Um, cheese, Marco. I just love cheese. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had kefir? I have. I gotta say, I'm not a big fan. Nidhi, I'm going to change your life. So Whoa. you're going to do this, and we're going to talk about it on a, on a future episode. Okay. I want you to get a, a little, um, not a jar, what would you call it? What does, what does kefir come in? A little um, container, container of kefir. Every morning, you do a shot glass. So an ounce to an ounce and a quarter of kefir. First thing in the morning... I'm and, writing this down. Yeah, I can see you're writing it down. And that's how you start your day. What's it going to do for me? It's going to make your life fantastic. It's going to keep you regular. Okay. Now, I know, I know, but it's also just going to be fantastic. You'll get used to it because if you have a plain kefir, it's hard at first to try because it almost has an effervescence to it. Yeah, it's a weird taste. It's a different taste. I wouldn't say it's a weird taste. It's a taste that we're not used to because... As North Americans, we're used to everything being sweet and super sweet and super crazy. Now, you can get a... I shouldn't say super crazy, but like we're, we're not used to these flavors. It's sort okay. of like... Um, you know how... I think it's the Jap- Japanese who have a uh, a name for um, umami. Is it umani? Mm-hmm. And it's that taste of like mushrooms that mm-hmm. we don't have, that we have like sweet, sour, and whatnot. And they have that sort of... It's like bitter... Mm. North Americans don't eat a lot of bitters, mm-hmm. bitter greens, uh, like they do in Europe. Mm-hmm. Likewise with kefir. Kefir has its own taste, and it takes a bit of getting used to. But if you have it every day in the morning, first thing, for one month, I want to see if, if, if your 
if you're going to say anything. It okay. also, it just, it, you get used to it. It kind of also helps you to get full a little bit for breakfast if you, if you're eating breakfast on the go. I don't know if you have a full breakfast in the morning. I don't or, usually eat breakfast. Right. I'm the and so you And so you start your day with nothing, right? Yes. But if you have a bit of kefir, it's going to be something in your system. Hmm. So I, I, I'm throwing the challenge down. You are passionate you, about this you're kefir. Gonna have, and, and do I ha- ask me if I have it in my house right now? No. <laughs> so I need to, I'm, when I'm done here, I'm going to go buy some kefir. Okay. Well, maybe we can do the challenge together then. All right. Done. Kefir challenge. Kefir challenge. I like it. I like it. Um, do you have a favorite milk product? Well, that's a great question. I have a cookie in my mouth, so I'm thinking. Um, How do you like the cookie, by the way? It's fantastic. It's really good, eh? This is this part's yours too. It's very rude to be eating eating a cookie and podcasting, but but it's a good cookie. It's because of the milk. I, my favorite, like, cheese, I can eat cheese from here until the cows come oh, home. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant, like, a favorite type of milk, milk, not, like, a milk product. Oh, no, I meant milk products. Sorry. And I'm thinking, like, what do I like better? percent <laughs> to cows, goat? Um, no, sorry. I meant, like, a milk product. Oh, we've always had cheese in my house. Really? Well, my mother grew up on a farm in Italy. And so she always had, they had cows, and they always had cheese. Oh. So as a result, in my house growing up, we could have nothing in the cupboard, nothing in the pantry, nothing in the fridge, but you would always find cheese. And so it's odd in my house now if we don't have cheese. Like, I feel really, like, lost if there's not some sort of cheese in the so house. So what kind of cheese would you have when you were a kid? Like, was there a certain staple cheese? Yeah, there would be... It's from my mother's region of Italy, Friuli, a Friulano cheese, which mm-hmm. is its own... You, you've had it before, mm-hmm. right? It's its own sort of cheese, kind of like um, milder provolone that's a little bit more aged, kind of like a cross between a provolone and a cheddar. I don't know how else to just... It's its own thing, so we always had at least that one. But we would have cheddar, we would have Swiss cheese. I love Swiss cheese. Probably one of my favorites is Swiss. Um, what, uh, blue, I was going to say green cheese. Blue cheeses. I love blue cheeses. Um, what's my favorite? Favorite Italian cheese. Or oh, any, or your favorite cheese. Sorry. I love, I love burratas. I actually just saw how a burrata is made. Really? Yeah. Have you ever? So I've made ricotta. I didn't know that. Yeah. Have you ever made cheese, Nitty? Uh, my mom used to make paneer. Which is an Indian cheese. Which is an Indian cheese. How would you describe that cheese? It's kind of like a cottage cheese type of texture. But firmer, isn't it? Much firmer. But it, I think it's got that when it's homemade, a little bit of the wateriness that you would have right. from a cottage cheese. But it's not like a cottage cheese. It's got more, more. It's thicker. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's... so, but it's made essentially by boiling full fat milk to a point that it curdles. That's how you do ricotta. Oh, really? And then you put it in a cheesecloth. I don't know if your mom puts it in a cheesecloth yeah. and you allow sort of the, um, liquid because it's almost like the milk separates when you're doing that i want to say it separates into whey yeah i think that's what whey is i yeah. could be wrong like you know how in that fairy tale yeah little miss muffet she sat at the tuffet eating her curds and whey now if she was italian she'd be eating is her that, ricotta and whey yeah yeah curd curds well maybe it's the curd it's the curd oh nitty you've got to look it up i think the, okay, okay. Yeah, i'm gonna i'm gonna guess and you're gonna tell me if i'm right or wrong so the curds are what 
what remains from the milk that becomes cheese. And the whey is the liquid that is separated from the curd. Now, you're going to tell me if I'm right or if I'm completely wrong. I'm still concerned so, about the Little Miss Muffet lyrics. Well, you know you know that song, that, that nursery rhyme, right? Yeah, but I don't think it has any whey in it. Yeah, eating her curds and whey. Whey spelled W-H-E-Y. Oh, yeah, you're right. Of course I'm right. I didn't now, know if that. if Little Miss Muffet was in Italy, she'd be eating her ricotta and whey. Well, interesting. Okay, so... so Nitty's going to give us the definition of the two, but... Between ricotta and... No, no, between curds, oh, spelled yeah, C-U-R-D-S, mm-hmm. and whey. Well, okay. And we know curds really well in Canada because... Of poutine. And poutine is when you take french fries and you put curds and then gravy on it so the gravy melts the curds. It's quite fantastic. Wouldn't you say? I really enjoy it, especially when I'm in Montreal visiting home. Um, I'm I'm just a little concerned about this curds and whey thing because, okay, what are curds and whey? Okay. Are you going to give us a definition I'm, or I'm should gonna... I talk about how a burrata is made? Because I saw that today. Well, I think, um, I think, oh, no, I think you're going to have to start with the burrata. Okay. So and this is curds I, and whey. what's funny, Nidhi, is that. I saw someone make burrata today. So what they did was, and her name is Linda, so hi, Linda. Hi, Linda. She took a cube of unstretched mozzarella. So probably two inches by two inch cube. Maybe three inches. She then put it in a warm bath to sort of loosen or, or make the cheese more malleable. She put it on the table and she had a, I guess it's a rolling pin, but it looked more like a paint roller, a small one, about six inches wide, and it, and the roller part was wood. And she rolled it back and forth and back and forth till this warm piece of ricotta, uh, of, uh, pardon me, of mozzarella started to flatten. Almost like a pizza dough, but thinner, if you will. So it became a round circle, or roundish. She then took the center of the burrata, which is a creamy, creamy cheese center, in, in Italian, it's called stracciatella, but it would be like a creamy ch- cheese with actual cream. And she put it in the center, wrapped it, or she, what she did was she folded it so it became like a half moon, almost like a giant ravioli or a patty, patty. or a, like an empanada, let's say. Mm-hmm. And she kind of like cupped her hands so that it were a semicircle and pressed down on it so that the cheese would sort of seal itself. Mm-hmm. She kept her hands there for about, she told me, five seconds to do that. And then she gathered the outer part, so where the cheese was, like, still sticking out from the ravioli, patty, half moon, whatever you want to call it. And she bunched it up. So it kind of looked like a sack with a top to it or like a present. And she wrapped it. um, She took one piece of that and wrapped it around itself to sort of make it hold the shape. And she had to hold that for 20 seconds, she said, till the cheese sort of sealed itself and then she put it in a cold bath and oh, that was the burrata it was it was fascinating fantastic wow and was it yummy oh burrata cheese is is divine there's no other way to describe it it's divine well i have that answer on curds and whey great so curds and whey, so cottage cheese is actually made from skin milk and when you set, when you add a uh so essentially the milk has all these different proteins right? and you need to separate them out. So what happens when you add this enzyme called renin to it, right. which is an en- enzyme in the cow's stomach, mm-hmm. 
it separates the proteins out so that the curd protein um, is in the little clumps and the whey protein is kind of the liquidy, milky or right. part of it. So there we go. And here comes my dog scurrying around. That's okay. It's Zena's joining the podcast today. But she yeah, is. so I was right. That's what I was describing. The whey is more of a liquid. Like, I don't know if when you make paneer, is the liquid kind of cloudy and... Uh, yes, but it's very, like, like, like the liquid is very, uh, is minimal. Oh, and there sorry, she goes. That was, that was actually my fault. I kind of pushed her down. So That's I'm okay. sorry about that. She's now wanting us to throw something. Um, so the, so it's li- like, it's not liquidy, liquidy. I mean, when it's homemade, because sure. of the cheesecloth and everything, mm-hmm. there might be some liquid in it, but um, a lot of the paneer that you might have in, like, a restaurant or, like, prepackaged is quite hard. So, Nitty, you have the recipe for the kefir that you're going to have in the morning. Yes. We know how to make cheese or separate curds from whey. Yes. We both love milk. Yes. I'm a big yogurt fan. You? I love yogurt. I What's your favorite yogurt. yogurt? I mean, I'm quite enjoying the Greek yogurts yeah. right now. I, when I grew up, there was no Greek yogurt. Was no it was, Greek it was yogurt. all Balkan, or it was like regular yogurt and Balkan-style yogurt. What's the difference between Balkan yogurt and Greek yogurt? I don't know. I, I, I'm wondering if the you know, powers that be rebranded Balkan-style yogurt to Greek yogurt. Cause I, oh, I, controversial. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it's not. I'm sure, you, you know. You just started like a whole... Um, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. I'm just like media guessing. storm. No, no, no. I l- listen. I love regular yogurt. I love Greek yogurt. I love Balkan. I love yogurt. Have you ever made yogurt? My mother's made yogurt. It's funny. Before. My mother's made. It really? sounds like our mothers could shake hands. To, like, they they yeah, need exactly. to meet because yeah, because you get like a um, well, what's it called? A, a the agent that that. The culture. The culture, yeah, that's it. And, and you put it in like a clay pot. Yeah, and, yeah. she had a special little pot and she yeah. would make it. And yeah. it's like, and you're like, try this. And it was always more like tart tasting yeah. than regular yogurt. Yeah. It was just fresher, I guess. There you go. I would a creme fraiche. I, uh, yes, but in like, uh, I don't use it in very many things. It's hard to find. I yeah. think most, most chefs can make creme fraiche, but right. it's like, I, you know what? We've got to find a recipe for creme fraiche. For fresh. creme fraiche? Because I, I love creme fraiche too. Um, so milk is a very important part of my like kind of bed bed bedtime routine. Oh really? Yeah. Like I mean, if I'm like I said, if I'm tired or stressed or something like that, then um, I will definitely want a glass of milk. And like I like to curl up kind of with a nice glass of warm milk and a book because I enjoy. You know, kind of reading right before bed. What's your guiltiest? And I don't want to say guiltiest. What is the? You know, sometimes we read books because, you know, it's a popular book or someone's recommended a book. But there's always a sort of uh, category of books that I love to read that I don't get the opportunity to because I have other reading that has to take place before it, which really isn't the case. What's your favorite kind of uh, genre in that style? Hmm. Great question. I love, I love biographies. I have, and I love biographies about people that I wouldn't necessarily care to know about, or like just random biographies of people who have done something that I have 
sort of no knowledge of or like not my favorite actor or writer, but just a random biography I could read. Have you um, read any interesting biographies lately? You know, it's, um, the last one I read that was... I, lo- I love to read big canon biographies. So, for example, like ones on politicians, in particular politicians mm. who I don't have a political affinity to. to? Right. So, like, I read Sarah Palin's biography just to get insight on who she is. Who she is, right? And it was it was actually quite fascinating, and I had a lot more uh, respect for her than I did prior to reading the biography. So there you go. So it's it's that's sort of the category, the genre of book that uh, I wish I would read more. How about you? I uh, usually, so it's funny because growing up I was very much into fiction, a mm-hmm. lot of fiction. I loved my fiction books. Um, and recently I've gotten more into nonfiction, like reading uh, like Malcolm Gladwell or okay. uh, I'm reading a book right now called um, Grit. Oh. And it's about like uh, why some people have the drive or the grit to succeed and while others might not. And what is that thing that kind of drives them to do that um but then oh, I, I like this book do you have it i do is it yours uh or is no, it elaborate? it's borrowed okay because i want to i want to get that um i want it sounds very interesting yeah it is very interesting you give good books okay i'm gonna ask you a question and i'm gonna give full credit to tim ferris who has a podcast the tim ferris show and he often asks this question to his guests okay. so i'm by no means trying to plagiarize so i'm giving full credit to tim ferris but he will often ask what is the book that you most often gift to people? Oh, wow. I, um... And take a second, and I think it's such a fascinating question, really, because it... it no, I have the answer. So oh, okay. I usually gift, um, depending on who it is, mm-hmm. because if I'm giving a book, I find it very personal, and it's sure. usually because there's something that I want, uh, there's something... There's something about it that, that, I don't know, I'm attracted to with this person. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that person would like it for the same lessons that he gave me. Sure. Um, so I've I've given The Prophet by Khalil Gibran a few times. You've never given it to me. But anyways, continue. Okay. <laughs> Next birthday. Um, so I really, uh, yeah, I think there's so many beautiful life lessons, but I usually give it. In, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what I'm rambling about right now, but essentially the that's prophet... A, that's the one you give. That's the one I give. Um, the Alchemist is another one that I've given. Okay. Uh, Paulo kind of Coelho. Those, yeah, the Paulo Coelho book. Um, I mean, I love the Harry Potter book. Oh, I love it. How you gifted the Harry Potter. Just because you loved it doesn't mean you've gifted... I know you've gifted to Amanda Lean In that yes, book. Yes, I gifted that book. Because she then gifted it to, to other people. To someone else. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. I, I gifted that book to that's right. That's mm-hmm. right. I well, did. Um, yeah. The book that I would gift people that I don't, I haven't in a long while, but it's one of my favorite books. It's one of those books that changed, changed me mm. for the better. Mm. And it's, it's interesting because I, I would never think that a book could change a person, but it did. It was called Love by Leo Buscalia. Oh. So I guess I got to gift that to you if you're going to yeah. gift this, this other book. What did you call the prophet to me? Yeah. Um, but it really changed my perspective on things. So I used to love to gift it. And it was written in the 70s. It's one of those books that sometimes it's hard to even find. But um, you know, that, was the, that was the book that I would gift people. Oh. So I, I, Why I, would you gift it? Because like it, it 
changed. It changed. But what about what about it changed you? I think it made me a nicer person. Oh. So you can imagine how horrible I was prior <laughs> yeah, to reading this book because I don't think people say he's a nice guy. But <laughs> it just changed. It changed things for me. I, I had a different perspective on. Human, humanity, I guess. That's pretty cool. Um, so thank you, Tim Ferriss, for that awesome question. Mm, that's um, a great question. Uh, what was the last great book you read? Do you, do you read in the bath? Look at me jumping. Sometimes I do, yeah. Okay. Like magazines. And oh, I like love that. magazines. Or, or books. No, um, I prefer magazines. But a magazine bath. is very much a bath thing. You know, mm. like a good kind of guilty pleasure thing. Oh, Amanda, Amanda, my wife has a lot of magazines. Mm. She has a ton of subscriptions. She loves them and it's great. But I end up reading in the bath a lot of her magazines, so it'll be so like, like, like modern yoga. No, it's like um, some she has a lot of decor. She has so. a lot of decor, which is great. And then she'll have like these, you know, magazines that really don't necessarily speak to me. So like Chatelaine, right? Some I was just modern, modern, modern one, woman magazine. So it's really interesting because. I'll just grab the closest thing because I'll forget to bring one into the bath. So I'll, I'll grab hers. And it's really interesting to read books that aren't or magazines that aren't designed for you, right. if you will. Because I think it's a modern woman's magazine, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's how it's just Something like you that. Whatever that it. means, really. Exactly. Whatever that means. But, you know, I've gotten some great advice and some gr- I've read some fantastic like articles. Like just like, I don't know, like um, I've just read some interesting articles uh, people surviving oh i see things or like how to better clean your house or make take advantage of i don't even know but i've read some awesome awesome things in those magazines hmm. like even she has like uh what's oprah's magazine she'll have oh yeah the o magazine yeah sometimes i'll read that and it'll be like the things i forget what oprah always says it's like Our favorite th- thing no it's like the thing that i learned most is something like that oh, like right. uh, some Mark, uh, amanda's really good at like collecting yeah. magazines mm-hmm. she's a magazine person i mean i like there's a magazine here in toronto called toronto life oh, that i'll she, read re- she just wrote an article for toronto life oh she did yeah oh, in september yeah. issue amanda wrote an article for toronto life did you know that i i actually i did know yeah. that and i did read it oh because I'm sure our listeners know that our, our Amanda used to be the mascot for the Toronto, the Blue, Toronto Jays, Blue Jays, who are doing amazing. Yes, exactly. So there you go. Um, so, uh, yes, I did know that, actually. Sorry, I didn't mean to put no, you on the spot. Imagine no. said, no, I, I didn't. Didn't but... know it. No, I did. I actually read it. Um, and I love that story as mm-hmm. well that she has to give. Um, but other than that, I mean, I can tell you that reading for work versus reading for pleasure is so different. Oh, undoubtedly. Now you're an actor mm-hmm. and I'm an actor as well. And we both read a lot of plays. Right. So how do you feel about reading plays? Cause plays are meant to be acted. Uh, you know, cause I read them with different eyes. That's a mm. great question. You read them with like, if it's a play that I'm reading cause it's a play of interest versus a play that I'm in, I read it with different eyes. Right. True. True. Um, but yeah, but you know what's interesting, Nitty, when you talk about plays, like I remember David Lindsay Abair is a fantastic writer. So great. And I read and I I was in Good People and I've read other ones. His words are just so beautiful on the page and coming out of the performer. Oh, amazing. Yeah. And uh, I love libraries, but we'll save libraries for another episode oh, because I could be talk great. twenty-six minutes about a library. I could too. And I just love our library system. Love it. More people have to use the library. That's true. Well, with that, we leave you once again. 
and we thank you for listening. Um, you can always find us online at Listen and Sleep. And as always, we are produced by Drumcast Productions and recording here in Toronto. Um, so we wish you a relaxing time wherever you are. Drink some milk and read a book. There you go.